Hi everyone, Mike here, dropping into your feeds in between seasons for this totally unplanned, completely unexpected, and definitely real announcement. On September 21st, 2023, we sent my esteemed co-host Tom Lorenzo down to Austin, Texas to cover the Fantastic Fest Film Festival and report back on what films he saw there. However, after eight days of genre films, fried food, and Austin-based debauchery, Tom Lorenzo mysteriously vanished without a trace. Neither we nor anyone else knows what happened to him. Now, of course, I can understand that releasing the statement on Halloween specifically might undercut the credibility of this to some. You might even say, I know that's not true. I saw him post on Instagram just last week. And sure, maybe we're changing the timeline here for dramatic effect, but the emotional truth of it is Tom has gone missing, okay? Tom has gone missing. And all that remains are eight audio cassette tapes chronicling his time at Fantastic Fest. And again, this is where you might say, but the audio sounds like he recorded it on a cell phone. Are you just going to use stock audio of a cassette tape as a framing device for what is otherwise just an audio diary from a film festival? But again, emotional truth. So presented now are the final tapes from Tom Lorenzo, who has now gone missing. That's totally true. It definitely happened. We hope you enjoy it, just as we hope that one day you will find out, and we will find out, just what happened after those eight days in Austin. Now we just have to figure out how the show moves forward in season four without him. Here's Tom at Fantastic Fest 2023. What's up, everybody? Tom here. Probably surprised to hear this because, uh, you know, me doing extra work sounds like a real fucking, uh, a real false note, doesn't it? Oh, Tom's doing extra work. Yeah, well, guess what? Doing extra work because I'm back at Fantastic Fest, baby. I missed 22. And, uh, you know, 2020 was, uh, something happened that year. Who can say, you know, 21, I was there. Wasn't great. Not their fault. They were still limited by the pandemic and everything. But, uh, this year, full capacity, baby. Right now, you're listening to me. It's, uh, around noon, uh, day two. So what I'm about to do right now is I'm going to talk to you about the, uh, first two movies I saw at the fest, uh, for those who don't know, Fantastic Fest is an eight-day festival in Austin, Texas. Generally, genre movies, horror, action, things like that. You'll get comedies, but anything you get here is going to be weird and violent and very unique and specific. Uh, not four-quadrant stuff for the most part. Uh, so every day, they do five rounds. Uh, for 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and 11.30, midnight-ish. Each round, there's five movies for you to pick from, and uh, yeah, depends on availability tickets that go up, and you try to get what you can. It's going to lead to definitely a lot of fucking frustration this year. It already started today, but we'll get to that tomorrow when I talk about tomorrow's picks, or today's picks tomorrow, or whatever the fuck. Uh, this is going to be a fucking problem all week. Um, but I didn't have this problem 
with the first night's movies. Uh, being that it's the premiere, the first night, uh, they only do two rounds, 8 o'clock and um, 11, 11.30-ish, midnight, that kind of round. Um, so I only had two movies to do, thankfully, because fucking f- flying in yesterday was a goddamn nightmare, and I hope nothing but pain and misery in the afterlife for the people of JetBlue. The execs there should uh, know nothing but uh, dick-ripping pain. Um, so yeah, yesterday my first movie of the night was the world premiere. I think the world premiere. Pr- maybe North American premiere. Probably think world premiere. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Um, the Toxic Avenger remake uh, helmed by Macon Blair. Um, I don't know if it ever came up on the show before. Um, we've done a lot of episodes. Uh, I'm not a trauma guy. Trauma is not my thing. Just bounces right off me. Should be my thing. I love over-the-top violence and childish juvenile humor and whatnot, but I, I just never liked it. And the, the original Toxic Avenger really just, just grated on me. But Macon Blair is a, is a guy that I like uh, as a f- co-writer with Jeremy Saulnier. Um, love the work they did together. Uh, he uh, He's a great actor. I mean, anybody this year... I mean, most people though at the box office probably saw him in um, Oppenheimer this year as Oppie's uh, lawyer, I guess you would say. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's his lawyer at the, the hearing. Um, but also, this is his second film as a director. He directed a movie six years ago. I can't believe it's been fucking six years since this movie. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore with Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood uh, shows up in the Toxic Avenger. So I liked this guy, I liked his stuff, and I was very interested to see what he would bring to the Toxic Avenger. And he fucking nailed it. Honestly, um, I don't like trauma, but this manages to feel, to get the feel of a trauma movie with obviously a much better budget and clearly uh, much better acting and filmmaking from the people behind the camera. Um, this time out, as the Toxic Avenger himself, titular Toxie, is uh, Peter Dinklage, and he's great. He fucking, he, as a lot of people were saying outside uh, the theater, um, in between rounds, when everyone was drinking and smoking, because we're going to be doing a lot of drinking and smoking this week, um, Dinklage understood the assignment. He is fantastic in the role, which is not a surprise. Dinklage is fucking great. Um, also in the movie, you get uh, Kevin Bacon as the main uh, bad guy, uh, pharmaceutical CEO. Um, he's great. Choose to fucking see Kevin Bacon's the man. Love Kevin Bacon. Need that man in a lot more shit. He he's always great. Um, you get Jacob Tremblay as, uh, Dinklage's stepson that he's taking care of after Tremblay's mother died. I don't know, sometime before the movie starts. Um, I mentioned before Elijah Wood is in this as Kevin Bacon's younger, like gimpy, weird phantom of the opera. Quasimodo brother, who's also his head of security. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's trauma. It's fucking weird. Um, yeah, it's just fun and funny and gru- gross and gruesome and just over the top and silly. And I don't know. I just laughed a whole bunch during the movie. And the violence is very inspired and just disgusting. It's awesome. Uh, just fantastic work uh, from making and and the team on this one um great way to start off the festival the second movie i saw of the night uh our midnight movie 
excuse me. Like, I don't know if you want to edit that out. I don't give a shit. Um, second movie of the night is uh, In My Mother's Skin, a movie set during uh, set in the Philippines during World War II. Uh, it is a... I, it's a very Guillermo del Toro-esque movie about a young girl during world during a you know historical violent event and uh you know the 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 region's mythology and fairy tales you know come into play and it's um it's a hard movie to describe really i mean that's really kind of just all you need to know is very guillermo about a girl in the philippines during world war ii trying to um take care of her mother and her younger brother um after her father kind of disappears he's off to do something but they don't know if he's coming back because it's been a bit like two weeks and they don't know you know there's a fucking war going on um yeah it's uh it's a pretty solid movie um it looks great some the the main girl young girl very she's very good um i believe her name is beauty gonzalez uh she's fantastic uh the themes and everything going on about uh, colonialism and also collaborating with the enemy to try to protect yourself and your family uh, is really interesting. Um, surprise! It was a it's an Amazon movie. That that Amazon logo popped up at the beginning. I was like, holy shit! I didn't fucking know that this was gonna be a goddamn Amazon movie. So, um, I don't know when it's coming out through Amazon, but it is an Amazon movie, so it will be out at some point and. It will be easy to see, which is not always the case with some of the movies that uh, show up here. Some of the indies and foreign films and whatnot. Sometimes it takes a while to come out. Sometimes they do come out and you don't know about it or you don't know where to find them or they blah, 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 whatever. So uh, that was my opening night of Fantastic Fest. Um, drank a lot. Uh, met, you know, hung out with people. Uh, just really took in the whole absurd just aura of the place i miss this shit so much i mean like i said i was here in 21 but that wasn't like a real full-on festival they kind of halved it and there wasn't as many people so it wasn't as much of like a party like it usually is so like this is the first time i've been back to a full fest full uh, fantastic fest since 2019 which is jesus christ fucking 2019 um but so far so fucking good um my lineup for day two is looking really fucking good in my opinion um i think what i got here is going to really really impress me i think it's really going to be uh, a good selection of movies uh which i will tell you about tomorrow just in case something happens and i miss one of them or blah 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 i don't want to give away any spoilers until you get to the day two wrap up but for now that was day one recap Fantastic Fest is in full full blast, and I can't wait to go back. I'm going to be heading out to the theater soon to get to my 2 p.m. screening. And uh, I don't know if there's going to be an ad here. We're just going to cut. So uh, you'll hear from you guys soon enough. Peace. All right, folks. Back here uh, talking about day two of Fantastic Fest. And... Uh, you know, didn't have to deal with ticketing bullshit for today, which is nice. So I pretty much got to see uh, everything I wanted. And uh, it was a very good lineup today, not going to lie. 
uh, looked good before the day started and then by the end of the day I was very pleased with all of my choices um, I did skip out on the first movie because uh, just fucking traveling shit the first day drove me fucking nuts wiped me out and by the time I got through the second movie I hit a wall uh, on Thursday so I kind of just needed to wake up get my tickets and then for the next day and then go back to sleep until the two o'clock movie so i did four movies um again stayed up really late but um i was able to make uh the first movie today so we'll get into that tomorrow but uh so my first movie of the day of day day two 2 p.m slot is uh where the devil roams by the adams family this indie a little darling uh and yes they are a family it's a husband wife and their daughter they write direct and uh, act and shoot and they straight up just do it yourself indie filmmaking uh this is their third movie third straight movie at fantastic fest and um you know they're kind of making a little name for themselves they're kind of they found this little zone of theirs and it's very interesting i haven't seen their first movie but i did see the second movie hellbender which um, made me very interested in what uh, this new movie was going to be. It wasn't going to be like anything else you'd see. It was definitely going to be its own unique beast. And it definitely was. I don't necessarily know if I liked it more than Hellbender. I think maybe on... I don't know if you do the math on everything. Uh, I probably liked them about equal uh, strengths and weaknesses for both. Doing different things. Um, it's a very weird movie, uh, and it's a movie that has a very weird pacing and structure and everything, where it kind of, I don't know, kind of starts and stops a little bit, uh, you kind of find yourself going, wait, how did we get here at, at a few points? Maybe that's just fantastic fatigue and drinking and just being a degenerate for, you know, all the time, all the time. <laughs> but, um, it looks great, uh, like I said, it's very unique, it's got a unique tone, uh, and... I'm going to be very hard-pressed to find a movie this year at uh, the festival, at least. Maybe in general, but at least at the festival, that's going to have a better final shot than this movie. Um, the kind of final shot that kind of recontextualizes the whole movie for you and puts the whole movie in perspective so you can kind of... So you can kind of really go, okay, now I, I get it now. I know what I know what they were going for, and I see it now. And uh, while it may not be perfect, I at least uh, come away with a better understanding and respect for this movie. So uh, that was my my number two, uh, well, my 2 p.m. slot picture for day two, Where the Devil Roams. Very good. Uh, pretty sure it's a Shutter uh, release when it eventually comes out for uh, mass consumption. Um... My second movie of the day, which is at the 5.30 slot, uh, they showed the first two episodes of The Fall of the House of Usher, Mike Flanagan's new and final show for Netflix, uh, as he's now becoming an Amazon boy, once strikes and everything end, um, and Flanagan doesn't miss, he's one of my favorite guys working just in film today, but especially in genre film, like, he might be the best, most consistently uh, uh, excellent voice working today, um, and uh, he doesn't fail again. I mean, it's uh, only two episodes. You know, I mean, who knows where this show is going to end? It's a mini series, so it's you know a one and done thing. Could fall apart by the end. Who knows? Um, it's definitely very ambitious, and he's definitely doing his own thing with the House of Usher story, much like he did with Haunting of Hill House. 
and Haunting of Bly Manor, um, kind of taking the vibe and the soul of the of the story, like he did in those this time, doing it with the Fall of House of Usher story to, from Edgar Allan Poe, and transposing it to his own vibe and style and uh, storytelling sensibilities and changing a lot of it, but getting to the very soul of it and it looks great it's got it's just filled to the brim with fucking all of these actors he's worked with before before you're gonna recognize everybody i don't think there was a single person that he hasn't worked with before in in this show at least that i've noticed um astounding performances all around and i can't wait to see what how they dive into their work uh and their characters even more as the show goes on uh, and the thing that really impressed me i think the most of this is how he's not just doing the fall of the house of usher story from poe he's interspersing other poe stories into it where the house of usher storyline is the main crux of the piece but like uh other characters in the show uh you know roderick usher played by bruce greenwood phenomenal in in what we've seen so far although i should say partially played by bruce greenwood because they jump back in time and so other actors will be playing him when he's younger like um uh, God, what's his name? Matt, uh, Matt Harrison from fucking Friday Night Lights, who was in Midnight Mass with him. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head right now, but, um, you know, he plays the young Roderick Usher. Um, but Bruce Greenwood uh, is the main character, and he's talking about, you know, his family and the fall of his, uh, family, because he's got six kids, and, uh, they all die, and it's him telling a story about, telling, uh, somebody about, you know, his family and what happened to his kids and why this all happened. So what we're getting here, which I think is a fantastic, just structural idea, and uh, so far it has been executed so well in the two episodes uh, I've seen, is uh, it seems like each of his kids are going to be uh, experiencing a different Edgar Allan Poe story as a part of the sort of curse that has uh, afflicted the Usher family. Um, you know, if you, not, not really a spoiler, but like episode two um, is doing Mask of the Red Death. And it's amazing how he transposes that into this new storyline, into this new world of ours, uh, while still getting to that beating, corrupt heart that Edgar Allan Poe found in that story. And, um, you know, th there are th there's hints in the first episode that they're going to do the Raven, they're going to do the Black Hat, they're going to do um, Murders of the Rue Morgue. Um, there might have been other hints that I have missed, or they're not showing the hand just yet for every single character. But um, I, I thought it's astonishing. I think Flanagan has fucking hit, hit it out of the park again. And I can't wait to binge this whole fucking show when it comes out on October 12th on Netflix. It is uh, really just an amazing piece of work. I got to say, it was really impressive. Um, so for my third movie of the day at the 8 o'clock slot uh, was, is called When Evil Lurks. It is the new picture from a man who made a big splash at Fantastic Fest a few years back with a movie called Terrified. Not Terrifier, Terrified. Terrifier is bad. Terrified is good. And this new guy, this guy's new movie is fantastic. You know, to put too fine of a punny point on it, Fantastic Fest, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'll go run into traffic right now. Um, but it's fantastic. It's, um, I'm not even going to tell you really anything about it. Because uh, it's best kind of going in blind and letting this movie's uh, unique storytelling and its unique world building and character work and scares and shocking, mean-spirited brutality just wash over you and you realize, like, where it's going and what it's doing. 
Um, I thought it was really great. And um, so far, it's the movie of the fest for me. Um, if something, you know, uh, I, I hope there's at least one or two movies that best this uh, during the rest of the festival to sort of uh, put the festival in an even greater spot this year, you know. But, uh, you know, I, if nothing does, I mean, I can't really blame anybody because this is kind of a knockout fucking movie. And um, it's another Shutter picture. When it, when it hits Shutter, you guys absolutely need to watch it. It is uh, fantastic. And, yeah, I was very glad I got to see it. Uh, with the crowd that was so totally into it and yeah it's my pick of the festival so far and ending day two uh, in the midnight slot was uh, is uh, VHS 85 the newest entry in the anthology horror franchise that uh, seemingly can't die and has found a new life when it got picked up by bloody disgusting and new producers um and uh, I haven't liked the last three of them, to be honest. Um, I thought they've all been pretty bad uh, since the second one. Uh, and I know they're not going to ever hit the high points of Gareth, Ev- Gareth Evans and Timo Tejanto's uh, short they did in VHS 2. Probably the best horror short of all time, to be honest. Um, they keep trucking, and like I said, the last three kind of sucked, but this one they actually pulled it off this was actually very good nothing i would say great or groundbreaking or anything but uh it was all consistently very good and entertaining um you know obviously i said it's not perfect or great but you know so there's going to be bits and pieces that you know annoyed me and it'll probably annoy some of you guys um and it's an anthology horror movie there's going to be ups and downs and some people are going to like one thing and other people like another blah 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 you know it's all subjective blah 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 but it's very good, um, and I had a good feeling that it was going to be good since um, David Bruckner and Scott Derrickson were involved in two of the shorts here. And uh, yeah, they uh, Derrickson, I think his short is probably my favorite of the the, the entries in v- this uh, new VHS. But the rest were all pretty good. Um, and I think the thing that kind of really um, went a long way towards making this feel better is a better sense of. Um, quality control with storytelling um not so many bad stupid like twists and turns or like goofy storytelling to be like oh it's a shocker now and it's kind of cheap and bad or whatever like some of the last few have been doing um they're all pretty consistent they're fun you know they're fun and they have a little bit of a sense of humor but they're not goofy or doofusy fucking bullshit they're pretty consistent and um maybe the biggest thing is that that consistency uh rolls into the like production design and the look of the movie because vhs 94 and 99 um they did not feel like they did a good enough job um working into the story the years that they're supposedly set in they kind of just felt like uh movies they shot found footage and then just you know slapped vhs 95 94 and 99 onto the titles and um this one, the, all the shorts actually felt like they were set in 85. They looked the way they degraded the, like, the, the, the footage to make it look like actual VHS tapes shot in 85. Um, so I think that was really good work on their part. Um, yeah, I was very impressed with... I, was, I shouldn't say very, but I was, I was, I was pleased and uh, surprised that it was actually very good. So, um, yeah, that is my uh, report from day two of fantastic fest 
Uh, I'm in the midst of day three right now. You'll get into my feelings on day three uh, in a little bit because I'm going to record that tomorrow with the whole day in hindsight to look back on. So uh, stay tuned. Day three report coming back to you soon enough. Hello, fans of this dumbass show and my dumbass voice. Tom is back with day three report of a fantastic fest. That's right, folks. Day three is in the bag. Had a pretty solid day. You know, not the best day. Definitely, uh, I don't say definitely, but uh, I think I think a step down from day two just in terms of uh, grade point average. But uh, still a pretty solid day, nonetheless. So, yeah, we are, let's get into it. So, my first movie, I actually went to the 11 a.m. screening today, or yesterday, I should say, uh, to see a new Japanese kung fu movie called One Percenter. It's a solid little movie, pretty fun. Um, kind of have an issue with it that I have with a lot of kung fu or just indie action movies these days most of the time um is that kind of looks a little cheap you can kind of tell they didn't have a lot of money and they were shooting with digital and kind of just getting it you know it's not like the most visually resplendent movie in the world um you know the action is shot well it's good the action scenes are good nothing particularly great but they're good uh it's a fun little time um i do think it shits the bed in the third act and not even like the third act, but like the last five minutes, ten minutes, something like that. Like, this is just like a reveal that's not necessary, like, at all. And kind of kind of leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth, to be honest. Uh, I still enjoyed the movie, and I'd still say, like, yeah, give it a shot. You know, if it's on Netflix or Hulu or whatever the fuck it shows up on at some point down the road. But um, it was fine. Just a bit of a shame it couldn't cross the finish line in a spectacular form but you know pretty good uh so i went to the next movie my two o'clock screening was a documentary called spooktacular now this documentary is about spooky world if like me you have no idea what the fuck that is then do i have a documentary for you because it will tell you all about spooky world spooky world is a or was a haunted hayride haunted house attraction fucking theme park kind of deal in massachusetts pretty close i guess to boston and what what for uh and it was a big hit in the 90s it got started in the 90s they were fucking always you know packed to the gills with with a crowd and people dying to get in they loved it oh my god and it was kind of like the first place to really do this in like a legitimate way and not a kind of cheap hacky like whatever sort of, yeah, we're just throwing something together kind of way, um, they'd have celebrities show up and do signings and meet and greets and whatnot, it was like a big, big thing, I never heard of it, but, you know, whatever, I was a child in the 90s, uh, and it gets into its, uh, inception, its heyday, what made it special, all of that, and it also gets into why it, uh, closed, why it wouldn't say failed, it's not necessarily the accurate term, although it's not completely inaccurate but you get into all that and you know it's fine that's kind of what i would say about it it's it's fine i think even if i 
liked or was interested in haunted attractions and all of that, you know, shit that's popular nowadays, which they get into how popular it is now, but, like, I'm not into any of that stuff, so even if I was into that subject, I don't think it would really, uh, have lit my, lit my soul aflame, because it's kind of a, I don't know, it almost feels like a fan film of a documentary, something you'd find on YouTube or whatnot, so there's kind of a cheap, rinky-dink aspect to it, and it's a little too long. It kind of repeats itself a lot. Um, it tries to make its uh, subject a little more weighty and important than it, uh, I don't know, it actually is. It's a fucking haunted attraction in Boston in the 90s. Like, who gives a shit, really? Like, like calm the fuck down. I know people love this shit, haunted attractions and whatnot, but calm down. But, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, you probably waste, you could find other ways to waste an hour and a half, two hours, whatever the runtime is, it's not too long, but it does feel a little long, because like I said, it repeats itself, um, yeah, so that was my two o'clock screening, now my five o'clock screening, uh, was the best movie of the day, not the best of the fest, but pretty close, to be honest, this movie called The Last Stop in Yuma County, it's, uh, kind of like one of those movies that's, uh, pretty, um, fundamental feels like it's kind of a the kind of movie you expect to see at a fantastic fest a indie small budget low like one location crime thriller with a little bit of a sense of humor to it and a bunch of fantastic fest alums in the cast i won't spoil who's in it but it's nice seeing all these people pop up in this little kind of chamber piece and it's really good not gonna lie, it's really good. It's not nothing that's gonna blow back your hair or whatnot, but um, it's really good, and I think it actually builds and builds and gets better as it goes along, building, you know, tightening the the, the the strings and everything until it just snaps and everything falls into place, and it's, yeah, it was really kind of a surprise. I could have, I was a little worried, like, it sounded good, but I was a little worried with a movie like this that it could have, uh, ended up a little too twee or a little too cute for its own good almost like those bad tarantino knockoffs in the 90s but it's not it's um it's really solid tight 90 really well written well acted um doesn't cross over the threshold to like great or perfect or anything but it's like very close to it and i would definitely recommend it when this comes out it's a really interesting fun little movie that uh one of those movies that makes it, like, fun to come to Fantastic Fest, finding these little gems that you might not have heard of otherwise. And then my last movie of the night, because I didn't go to the midnight movie, I just wanted to go to sleep, because uh, my first movie of day four is very early. Uh, my last movie in the 8 o'clock slot was Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, the prequel to the most recent Pet Cemetery adaptation. Um... And if anybody's worried about, oh, prequel to Pet Cemetery, like, blah, blah, blah. No, it's actually, like, smart idea. It's about Judd's um, history with the Pet Cemetery, the story he tells in the book and the movies about his experience with it, uh, you know, 60 years ago when he was a younger man. And it's actually pretty solid. It's uh, not as good as the uh, mainline story. But, um... And I'm also, like, kind of, uh, got a soft spot for the, uh, the most recent one. 
I thought it was a better adaptation of the book than the one from the late 80s. I think it was 89, that the original one. Um, but this is actually pretty good. It's got a... It, it has a interesting... That's a different. It feels like a pet cemetery movie, but that's a different flavor. I've seen people refer to it as, um, but uh, this uh, movie Death Dream. Uh, there's a Vietnam story kind of running through it and talking about soldiers and whatnot, and it's got an interesting tone. It's not great or anything, you know, but it's going to be on Paramount Plus, and you know that's easy to just sit down and watch. Just throw it on, give it a shot, and have a nice little spooky little movie to it. It looks good. It's got some good. Some good scares. Third Act uh, makes some interesting decisions um, that I don't know if they were the best or not, but it's a movie that definitely could have been better if they dug in a little more, if it was a little longer. Again, this is like a tight, like, 87 minutes. Um, yeah, if they got into, I don't know, like, built out the, the town and the world a little bit and kind of felt a little more kingy, let that blue-collar vibe ring... Uh, run through a little more I think it would have been a little better definitely a little better and if they focused on strengthening the third act a little more I think they could have had something special but right now they have something pretty solid pretty good a good little uh you know direct-to-video prequel to a Stephen King movie uh, that's not always the best thing in the world you know there's fucking like a hundred ch uh, children of the corn direct-to-video things and whatnot so um pretty good definitely i wouldn't say definitely if you're interested give it a shot you know it's on paramount it's free whatever um so yeah that's my day three i'm about to roll into day four pictures my first movie of the day 10:45 in the morning so that's why i got some sleep last night but uh yeah well uh day four report coming in uh i don't know commercial break i still don't know i'm not editing this shit so yeah stay tuned for day four's recaps Alright folks, we're back again. Day four Fantastic Fest recaps. Halfway there, baby. Um I kinda took it easy today. I wasn't exactly planning on taking it as easy as I ended up doing, but I was planning to take it a bit easy. Uh I was going to only do th three movies instead of five or even four, like I've been doing. Uh, so, uh, but I ended up only doing two movies. I did the 11 o'clock screening, the first one of the day, and I did the midnight screening. And the rest of the time, I kind of just, uh, hung out. I went to, went back to the room to take a, take a call I had to make, um, and watch the rest of the Yankee game. Then I went to a bar nearby to watch some, uh, of the afternoon football games, the four o'clock eastern time games and uh yeah then i was coming back to do the th fourth movie the fourth slot at eight o'clock i just ended up hanging out with people first movie of the day the 11 o'clock showing was 100 yards a new uh kung fu like almost like wuxia kind of deal not so much not a lot of wire work but it's a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat sword fighting stuff like that um I thought it was really fucking good, really fucking good. Close to being great. Um, a little too long. You can you kind of feel it drag a little bit, but uh, I think it's a very interesting movie outside of the very excellent fight scenes. Uh, and the fight scenes are excellent. They really do help like make the movie stand out from the pack. Um, but I but I you know I also think the story kind of helps the movie stand out from the pack. It's a lot about. 
interesting ideas about honor and familial succession and what we want to do with our lives and how we go about doing those things. But um, I thought it was really interesting and found some interesting uh, ways into the story that was being told. So uh, 100 Yards, I really enjoyed, thought it was great. Pretty great, pretty good, close to great. But I really dug it, and I think you guys should check it out when it comes out in America. Probably going to be straight to streaming or Blu-ray. It's a well-go USA release, so probably not going to get a theatrical release. And if it does, probably not much of a robust one. So check that disc out when it comes out. And then, uh, yeah, that just leaves the midnight movie. And boy, howdy, I was talking to somebody before I got to the midnight screening at some point in the day that yeah i haven't found anything that i five out of five love yet but i also haven't seen anything that i fucking detest or hate but uh i got to it midnight movie was fucking terrible it is this movie the people's joker this fucking it's it's a movie made by a trans woman where it's like it's unauthorized Batman thing and she's playing the Joker. So yeah, okay, so this fucking movie, The People's Joker, is got has gotten a lot of buzz in the last year or so because it's, you know, an unauthorized movie with Batman characters and shit. And WB didn't really much like that. And you know, alright, if that's really like the craziest thing in your movie, I mean, I wasn't really all that excited to see it to begin with, I wasn't that interested, but it was playing at the fest, I was able to get a ticket, let me see what all the fuss is about, and the fuss is all about nothing, it is all, frankly, performative bullshit, that everybody's fucking losing, that people are losing their minds, oh, it's so transgressive, oh, it's so this, oh, it's so that, it's so deep, it's the satire, so good, oh, WB's just afraid of this dangerous movie, it's not dangerous, there is no satire, there is barely any humor. It thinks it's got humor, but there is no humor. This is the kind of movie that thinks the deepest, funniest thing it could uh, joke about is making the fucking 40-year-old joke of, hey, isn't it weird that Batman is always with kids? Isn't he kind of a groomer? <laughs> yeah, okay. Go fuck yourself. That shit ran out of steam when Kevin Smith invaded them all in the 90s. Um, and it's it literally is just a fan film. Like, I don't know what the fuck people are fucking raving about. It's a fan film. It's this actress and some other fucking randos. I don't know, probably people from her comedy troupe or people, whatever the fuck, just people. And just, like, you know, slapping them in the middle of, like, crudely animated sets. And it looks like shit. It is not fun. It is not funny. It is not interesting. It is a glorified one-woman show talking about her experiences as a trans woman, but transposed onto the Joker for some fucking reason. Uh, I guess that's because that's the only way you'd get any fucking attention is uh, ruffling some feathers by doing that. I mean, it's just a bad movie. It's really fucking bad. It's really fucking smug. And it's not saying anything that people that are going to see it aren't like already agreeing with. It's preaching to the choir. So... Like, congrats on telling about the trans allies how much being, like, trans is okay. Like, get yeah, we get it. You're, you know, the, the only people that need to hear messages like that 
they're not going to get, they're not going to take it away from this fucking movie. One, because anybody who needs that message is probably, if they're even going to see this fucking thing, probably thinking, oh, we're going to, it's a Batman movie. Oh, joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to go in and then the movie starts and be like, what the fuck is this? This fucking sucks. There's no reason for it to be what it is. There's no reason for it to exist. It fucking sucks. Terrible, bullshit, hipster, goddamn, super loudly projecting fucking performative ally bullshit. Like, I'm sorry to be that guy that has to say it, but you guys are fucking full of shit with this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm really fucking pissed I saw this movie. Um, I could have got better sleep if I just, you know, skipped it. You know, who, who knows? Uh, would have left during it if uh, I didn't have to wait for my bill because I got food because I was drunk as hell. So, yeah, terrible, terrible dog shit movie. Um, truly got to believe it's the low point of this fest because I think it's the worst movie I've seen at all of the fests I've been to since coming here in 2017. Just, just abject dog shit. Just truly, truly unrelentingly bad. And, uh, yeah, don't see it. So I'm on my way to start day five. Uh, doing, planning on doing four movies today. And uh, I'll come back with you guys in a little bit for the rest of the roundup for tomorrow. All right, folks, we are here with my day five of Fantastic Fest recording. We are getting into it. All right, so today was another uh, four day, uh, four movie day. And, uh, pretty good day so far. Gotta say, pretty good day for day five. Uh, we'll start with the two o'clock showing, because I skipped the 11. Wanted to sleep. Especially after the People's Joker, I needed sleep. Uh, so I did, uh, the two o'clock showing, this movie, What You Wish For. It's pretty good. A little long. Uh, but pretty good. I would say pretty pretty good. Uh, stars Nick Stahl. He's, uh, a chef who's, uh, goes to visit a friend in South America, another chef who's on a job, and the guy, Nick Stahl, needs a little time away from America. So he goes visit his friend, and, uh, you get the sense that, uh, he's, uh, running away from something in America, what it is, real over time. This is a movie, I think, uh, best to go in a little blind, uh, and let the reveals wash over you because it's a movie at Fantastic Fest, so uh, things uh, go wrong at a certain point, and they just keep getting worse for Nick Stahl. And uh, it's very funny how it all plays out. There's some good funny bits in there, some good violence, good dark sense of humor. Uh, Nick Stahl is great in it, and um, yeah, I would say definitely win this one because this one. Um, but it's still looking for distribution, looking to get picked up, so I don't know when it's going to come out, If it, when it does. Definitely check it out. It's a very good one. Uh, the next one up in the 5 o'clock screening was uh, Sleep, a Korean movie, South Korean, I should say. Uh, and them, them Koreans, they know how to fucking make a movie, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, this movie rules. Um, it's about a married couple, and uh, they're about to have a baby, and the husband starts uh, sleepwalking. And uh, doing some weird shit while he's sleepwalking. And it becomes a cause for concern for the family. And they try to figure out what's causing these sleep problems. And uh, again, being at this fantastic fest and that it's from South Korea. 
is there anything more going on to this sleep problem than just a simple sleep disorder? Very tense, uh, very melancholic in its way. Um, and being South Korean, very uh, kind of hardcore in its way. Very, doesn't pull any punches. It's very, really fucking good. Um, really only thing I could give to it is that it's a little, a little too long maybe trim a little bit here and there but i think it's overall a pretty damn great picture um i love the relationship between the couple it feels very real and lived in and warm and uh just the way this movie balances like what's going on is it real is it not real um is there a supernatural element to it or is it just a simple sleep disorder and these two are going crazy because they don't know what to do and blah 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 and all that and it's really fucking good i would definitely highly recommend this movie when it comes out one of my favorites of the fest so far um next up in the eight o'clock showing is was a uh, property a brazilian movie from the description i thought it was going to be a simple uh one location thriller about a woman trapped in a uh, armored uh, suv that her husband bought uh, as she's trying to uh escape from the hostage takers i would say that are trying to get in and get her for their purposes but uh it's actually a lot more complicated and um interesting than that you know i was definitely i would have been interested in a movie like that but this is definitely a lot more interesting and layered and the morality on display and the human the humanity the complicated uh way humans uh behave is all very interesting it's very very heavy it's a heavy movie it's not a very fun movie it's got a lot going on uh, another one again i'd say a little too long and i think the ending kind of peters out kind of just ends but um overall i think a uh, really great movie um it's been playing festivals for for a bit uh so hopefully it comes out soon for people to see i would definitely check that out when it comes and when it hits uh, so that leaves me with the Midnight movie, and, um, yeah, this one was a disappointment, um, kind of ended the day, second day in a row, ending on a sour note, uh, this Filipino action movie called Triggered, um, it's really not much to say about the plot, you know, ex-special forces guy trying to reestablish, reintegrate into society, gets a job, working security, and, uh, in a warehouse, and there's also a girl and her brother and they get involved in a drug deal gone wrong and they end up in the warehouse with the guy and he's got to protect them from the the uh state sanctioned uh drug murder uh, fucking police force that's after the, the girls and uh it's all very like simple basic but that would have been fine if um the action was good uh, and it's not it's very basic uninteresting it's clearly a very cheap movie and they were just trying to do something but they just they couldn't achieve it in my opinion um it's very boring very uninteresting and uh kind of a disappointment um other than 100 yards so far in the fest uh action has not been the uh most uh well well serviced genre so far but, uh, yeah, I, I was a little, more than a little, I should say, disappointed coming out of this one. Not great. Um, but otherwise, it was a good day. Day five was pretty, pretty good so far for the fest. And um, 
Yeah. Uh, <sighs> excuse me. I'm gonna try to get to the. Uh, I've so far not done a five-day full-on festival day, and uh, I'm gonna try to do it tomorrow. Get day six a full, full-on um, festival experience. Do the whole thing, and um, my lineup looks pretty good for day uh, day six. So um, stay tuned, and uh, I will be back with my day six roundup. All right, ladies and jerks, we are here back in action with the day six roundup from Fantastic Fest. And, uh, Christ, I can't believe, you know, halfway through the fest, more than halfway through at this point, day six, I got fucking two days left after this. But, yeah, I mean, day six, uh, if doing like the ranked math or whatever kind of easily the best day of the fest just like well one all the movies i saw today you know spoiler alert i actually did five movies today i figured i had to do it at least one of the days i was out there out here i should say um all the movies are great um not a single, like, okay, or it was good, but whatever. It's just, like, all pretty fucking great movies. And I finally got my first five out of five movie of the festival, uh, which will actually start off the roundup, because it was my 11 in the morning screening. A movie called... Oh, fuck me. Goddamn. Wonder why I'm tired, folks. Six days of this shit. But what are you gonna do? Um... First movie was Falling Stars, a very independent, very small-budgeted movie. Uh, but it doesn't look it. I mean, it feels it in the sense that you could tell, like, they're not really doing much that would need uh, a lot of money. Not a lot of... Almost no special effects, to be honest. There's no, like, action scenes or violence or, like, crazy locations or whatever. It feels very small, but it never feels cheap. It's very well-made. And um, if anybody has seen uh, a, a prior Fantastic Fest entry, one of my favorites I've seen in the festival the entire time was um, The Vast of Night. It ended up on Amazon, uh, very small scale, yet very um, w uh, unbelievably directed, made, acted, all that. Just a knockout of a movie. Everyone came out of Fantastic Fest just raving about that movie, that it was uh, a shot in the arm. Uh, great movie. This is very similar to that, where... Uh, there's a bigger sort of, um, in this case, fantasy uh, element to the movie, whereas Vast of Night was sci-fi, dealing with UFOs and aliens and, and things like that. This is more in the fantasy kind of horror world, where it's about um, witches. But uh, witches in an almost abstract sense, in that we never see them. They're more, they're a thing that, the, in this world, that witches are, uh, known about they're like an accepted fact of life and in this world every full moon in october uh the witches uh do their harvest they get hungry and they uh basically at night for a while for like i don't know a few days or a week or whatever the detail exact details skipping my brain right now but um for a bit they pick people they pick if you're out at night uh you know 
they will they'll there's a good chance they'll grab you they might see you and they'll grab you so people tend to stay inside it's almost treated like a hurricane warning you know sound the sirens go off the radios are like oh we got uh signs of uh blah 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 here in this county this county blah 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 and <sighs> an ingenious move they use is that one to kind of keep the budget low but still have the tension running is that um the witches are basically not basically the witches are in the sky they they come from the sky swoop down and pick you apart to kind of keep the budget low but keep the tension high um you see that they they kind of appear in the sky like they look like stars and the stars get brighter and then almost like instantly they say in the movie that it's in a blink of an eye you're you're snatched and you probably don't feel anything um which is really great really i I just i just love this movie i mean it's probably not gonna be the best thing in the world for everybody because it's got a specific indie low budget style to it but i really dug it i dug the world a lot this could almost be like you could you could definitely see like the big budget hollywood version of this kind of world in this story uh it, this could definitely be like the launching for kind of a universe set in this uh, a universe movie set in this world but um you could definitely i definitely see this could be a big launching point for the filmmakers here uh i love this movie uh, i don't know what release uh info there is if it's coming out soon or whatever if it's got distribution but um it was great my movie of the festival so far and when it comes out definitely watch it i loved it um which leads me to my next movie the two o'clock slot a movie that um got a lot of buzz coming into the fest and then got a lot of buzz in the first half screening so i had to see it uh an indian action movie called kill now indian movie indian cinema has made action movies before obviously they are very well known we just last year went through you know, the RRR fucking hullabaloo. Everybody went nuts for that movie. But what's interesting about this movie is that um, it's kind of being billed as the first Indian action movie akin to The Raid or Project Wolf Hunting or The Night Comes For Us, where um, the violence is so bloody and brutal and intense that it almost plays more like an action movie. Uh, so that caught my fucking eye, and it's all true. It's definitely in the vein of those movies. Um, not as good as The Raid or The Raid 2 or The Night Comes for Us. I mean, those are, you know, iconic, game-changing action movies. But this gets close. Gotta tell you, it gets pretty close. Um, action is kick-ass. The violence is really fucking over-the-top and brutal. Uh, the, the main guy is great. He's definitely a guy that could definitely have a career in india but also like he could be one of those crossover guys that come that gets work over here and really kills it um there's little bits of you know you can critique a little bit that some kind of the structure of it well because it's a it's basically it's basically under siege 2 you know die hard on the train but um a little bit of the plotting to keep the story going and kind of delay the inevitable fight between the good guy and the bad guy is a little bit like, okay. And some of the geography gets confusing where you're like, okay, well, where in relation on the train is everybody waiting? Now he's behind these guys. I don't, I don't get it. But all that kind of goes to, goes to the fucking woodshed when 
you got a movie this propulsive and this kick-ass. And uh, never comes off like a comedy, but it definitely has a wink in its eye knowing, like, hey, we know what we are, we know what we're doing. So, like, it kind of gives you a little bit of, like, I don't know, a relief where it's not dour, but it's not undercutting itself with humor. And um, I think one of the most interesting things that in this movie is the relationship of the villains and how we don't see villains portrayed like this in America because the villains are, is, uh, are train robbers. They're, they're, you know, they're bandits, and they even say, we're bandits. Like, that's what we do. And it's like 44 guys or 45, something like that. It's definitely over 40 uh, because there's a specific line in the movie that references it that's amazing. But um, something like that. And they're all family. Um, but the interesting thing is that there's a scene where after our main guy has killed like a shit ton of them and is moving through the train and he know he knows at some point the other the remaining group's gonna come looking for him so they have to come through this train and he strings up all the guys he killed in that train car up from the ceiling of the train car so when these guys come back they they're basically like struck by the like the bodies of their loved ones strung up and kind of making it a bit of a distraction to buy them some time what either they have to go through the bodies or they're going to cut them down and just in that scene you get like all the remaining bad guys just crying and distraught over their deaths of their family members which is just you don't see this kind of raw emotion in villains or even just men in american movies like this is definitely a case of like uh you know a cultural divide or cultural differences i should say where americans would never make a movie where the bad guys react like this um and it it really just struck me and made me really appreciate what this movie was going for and uh i thought it was great uh, i thought action was pretty lackluster so far in the festival yeah 100 yards was really good but it's a different kind of action that i'm looking for um i mean the more like gunfire bloodshed all that kind of action not kind of classier affair like 100 yards and wuxia kung fu things like uh i wanted something down and dirty and this delivered in a big way uh so that's kill two o'clock movie my five o'clock movie jesus fucking christ i'm tired uh my five o'clock movie uh, was the soon-to-be-released The Creator. They got it for the fest, and I figured, oh, why not? The kind of movie you'd want to see at a festival with this kind of crowd. Nothing else in the time slot really uh, appealed to me more than The Creator. And uh, also, to be honest, saves me a little bit of time after the festival. I don't have like you know, I don't have to see it. That's one movie I don't have to see in theaters this weekend, which is good. So I can kind of just like rest when I get to the weekend. Um, I really love the creator. Um, you know, there's definitely you can nitpick a little bit of stuff. You know, obviously, narrative maybe not be the most original thing in the world, but I think the way they mix a lot of past stories into its package makes it uh, sing. I think John David Washington and the little girl in the center of the movie really have a great um, connection, and they have a great just uh, the way that everything progresses. I thought it was great with them. You know, movie leaves me emotional at the end. Uh, it looks amazing. The fact that this costs almost like two hundred million dollars less than most the, the like the recent string of Marvel movies, and yet it looks like it costs two hundred million more is astounding. Gareth Edwards is really something else when it comes to you know visual effects and sci-fi world building and all that. Um, 
it's gonna be out soon, so I don't need to, like, ramble about what the movie is, but, like, I, if you were left a little underwhelmed by the marketing, I would, I think, um, definitely check it out, because the movie's much better than what the marketing was telling you, much more interesting, too, so I would definitely check that out. Eight o'clock movie, uh, Korean, uh, disaster movie called Concrete Utopia, Koreans know how to make their movies. Uh, I saw a Korean movie in this slot, and I said, got to do it. Um, not disappointed. Great fucking movie. Very heavy movie. This is not fun. This is not Parasite or Train to Busan or fucking, you know, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird or whatever. This is a heavy movie about class and privilege and the end of the world and how people act and treat each other when they have a little bit of power um set in a world where some an earthquake it seems a lot's not really explained we're kind of put in the position of the characters so we don't really know everything we don't know how widespread the damage is but an earthquake destroys at least this city that we're in and all the buildings in the city collapse except for one apartment complex and it deals with the people who live in the apartment complex having to deal with the outsiders. And you get a lot of great, typically, you know, insightful Korean, you know, filmmaking about class and social status and all that. Um, really fucking good. Kind of blown away that Byung-hyun Lee is in this, playing a much different character than you have uh, probably ever seen him in. Uh, he plays a weirdo, you know. Uh, not like a charming guy. He's like a weird dude. Uh, really fucking great in the movie. Um, little long ending kind of drags a little bit. There's a point where you could have been like, okay, you could have ended here, but they kept going for like, I don't know, five or 10 minutes. So it kind of not dings it a little bit, but great fucking movie. Great fucking movie. When this comes out, definitely fucking see it. I really fucking dug this movie. I was very happy with this. And to round out the great day six of Fantastic Fest, my midnight movie was uh, Vermin, a.k.a. Infested, uh, a French movie that has kind of been garnering a lot of buzz in the uh, indie world, the horror world. Um, it's set in a French, uh, another apartment complex, but more of a uh, kind of housing project, it's kind of low, lower class uh, citizenry living in this building. Um, and we focus on this one kid who wants to, you know, get out of there and make a name for himself, kind of blah, blah, blah. He's kind of a little, not a criminal or anything or a con artist, but he's a little bit of a schemer. He's, you know, he buys and sells shoes and he's always looking for ways to make money. Uh, and he has a collection of, you know, like bugs and you know, scorpions and lizards and things like that he's into that kind of stuff and he goes to a store one day where he knows there's like a back part where you can get some uh, off the books uh, items he's buying looking for a birth uh, gift a going away gift for someone and in there he finds a spider that he really takes a liking to and uh brings it back to his apartment and the fucking bug gets out and all hell breaks loose this movie ruled this was uh, exactly the kind of movie I needed at midnight, uh, day six of this goddamn festival to kind of really juice the fucking numbers, man. And it's it just, uh, if you don't like spiders, this movie's going to be fucking horrific for you. And even if you're not, like, arachnophobic, this movie's going to fucking make your skin crawl. 
the filmmaking is fantastic. The characters are great. The plotting is great. It's just, you know, I couldn't really tell you exactly what maybe I would ding it for. It, it just felt like in the moment, like, this is great, but I don't know if it's a five out of five. But I really fucking loved it. I thought it was fucking dope. I think it's on Shutter in a month, maybe two months. I'm not 100% sure, but it, it's going to be out pretty soon. And when it gets there, you guys definitely should check it out. This movie fucking kicked ass. So with that, we are at the end of my roundup for day six of Fantastic Fest. Probably, I think not even probably, definitely the best movie watching day of the fest so far in the year of 2023. So stick around. We will be back with the day seven. I'm getting there. Getting to the end, folks. Day seven of Fantastic Fest. Stick around. All right, folks, we're at the end of the line. Well, not for you yet, but uh, for me, because I'm recording this on the last day of Fantastic Fest, day eight. So that means I'm here with a day seven recap. And it was a pretty good day. Not going to lie, pretty good day. Not the best, but a consistent good day. Um... Only did three movies, was kind of, uh, I don't know, I was trying to gain my strength, keep my strength up for the final night, trying to do three movies on the final day, and then deal with the closing night party, so, um, yeah, only stuck with three movies on day seven, uh, to get myself a little rest, so, with that in mind, my first movie of the day was the two o'clock movie project silence project silence was really fun it's not the kind of movie that's going to win awards or you know light the world on fire but it is a very solid very entertaining genre exercise because uh, it is again another south korean movie love them korean movies and uh it is a disaster pick it is about a group of people that are traveling uh, in their cars, uh, and a uh, there's a fog. They're traveling on a bridge, and uh, there's a lot of fog, and some shit happens, causes them to be trapped on the bridge. And um, being North Korea, that's not enough. Got to add another level, and uh, it's a level that that's, gives you a lot of bit of uh, a lot of humor without ever being like. I don't know, a fucking Taika Waititi movie where it just uh, it kneecaps the movie from the beginning. But it's got a hook where you're like, okay, this is fun and funny. Uh, it also adds like an interesting mor- morality to the movie where you kind of don't know. The The hook is is that on the bridge uh, that all, in the in this whole Michigas, a army truck transporting uh, modified super soldier dogs uh also crashes and the dogs get out and they start wreaking havoc and attacking people and the people have to survive the bridge and the bridge collapsing and the the crazy dogs and all this shit and it's fucking fun and the dog stuff actually i was like i was uh, getting at is that it adds this morality to it because with the backstory of the dogs and their creation um the dogs aren't wrong for what they're doing for uh, attacking humanity and hating humanity. Um, you, it gets, it gets pretty dark and bleak, but it's, yeah, I I think all that shit is interesting. And, uh, they use CGI dogs and they look great and it's vicious and violent and kind of funny and how vicious and violent it is. 
Um, and it's just very well crafted. You know, I don't think there's anything that's uh, going to light the world on fire or, you know, mark this as a uh, new high point in uh, Korean cinema. But it's fun. It's really fun. You know, maybe only a four out of five on uh, the old letterbox there. But uh, it's kind of the, plat- the platonic ideal of what you want from a movie at this fest. Uh, really good. Really fun. I'll definitely be grabbing this when it hits disc. Um, my next movie of the day, um, my five o'clock movie is, was Your Lucky Day, a independent movie, American, uh, one of the last things that, uh, that kid from Euphoria, Angus Cloud, did before, uh, his untimely passing this summer, so he completed it, and, um, you know, it's out, well, it's playing festivals on the one it's out, um, I think it's getting a release, like, sometime soon, so that'll be nice, and, uh, I think people are actually really gonna like this movie, because it's the kind of movie you expect from a Fantastic Fest, a genre festival like this, uh, this scrappy little low-budget, uh, one-location crime thriller where, you know, we got, we kind of almost, we kind of got this a little bit in Last Stop in Yuma County earlier in the fest, but, um, it, it has its own style and uh aims really and um i was enjoying it as it went on as it was going but the kind of like yuma county as it kept going and it started shifting and revealing what its true self actually was and this back half of the movie i was you know mighty impressed with where it was going and i gotta give it this movie a lot of credit this movie is fucking mean and cynical and almost kind of nihilistic in a way like this is a rough movie and you don't expect it at first but it's very rough and um honestly it's the kind of movie i think it's it'll grow in esteem in my esteem over time the more i think about it and um if slash when i see it again but i definitely uh really enjoyed this and i think people are gonna like it too i think it's uh, a shame that angus isn't gonna be around to see this movie but uh all around, really enjoyed this movie. And the final movie of my day seven was the... I managed to get into the secret screening. Finally got into a secret screening. Got out of your lucky day and just checked the app to see if tickets were available. Boom, they were. Grabbed one. Love it. And the secret screening was Saw X. And you know what? I was into that. I love that. Like, let's watch Saw X. And we sat down and we watched it. And I gotta tell you, it was really fucking good. You know, it's not gonna change anybody's mind about Saw. It's the 10th Saw movie, and it's still a Saw movie. Um, But it's really good. They do interesting things with the structure where it's not the, the, the same type of movie we've gotten for the last nine entries where it's like a mystery and we're following cops and... Or we're following the, uh, you know, we're jumping between the cops investigating the the crimes and the the people inside the traps as they try to figure out what's going on and everything. This is about John Kramer. This is about Jigsaw and his, uh, you know, his character, his arc, his journey. Uh, it's set between Saw 1 and 2. And it's, John Kramer gets basically fleeced by a bunch of uh, snake oil salesmen saying that they, there's a new experimental surgery that can get rid of his uh, brain tumor. He takes him up on it, finds out it's uh, a scam and uh, bad things are afoot. But there's, I think it's really interesting. I think it's a lot better than it has any right to be. It's definitely one of the best ones in recent memory, but definitely the best one since six. 
even though I have a soft spot for Spiral. Um, it's better than Jigsaw. It's better than Saw 3D. Definitely better than Saw 5. Um, I don't know if it's better than the first four ones, the, the, the James Wan and the Bowsman entries, but... I think it's really fucking good. I think people are going to enjoy this, and and it seems like they are. The, the you know the reception's been pretty good. The fans are enjoying it. it seems like critics are even enjoying it. Um, yeah, and this it's like it's funny. It's like a dark, fucked up kind of funny. And um, I saw someone uh, say that it's the first half of the movie is almost like one of these late era Clint Eastwood movies, and it's not wrong. It's actually pretty accurate. Um, and there's like a weird amount of heart to it. They find, again, they find this weird morality where they never soft pedal what Jigsaw is doing, but putting him in a world where he's clearly not the worst guy around that there is actually in a weird fucked up way, a humanity to this guy and other, like the other people he's interacting with are just in human monsters. So, um, you know, Amanda's back, you know, Shawnee Smith's in there, which is great. Love that. Love their, their uh, interactions. It's before Amanda's uh, downfall in uh, three. So that's nice. She's still, uh, you know, Team Jigsaw, which is fun. Um, had a blast with this movie. You know, it's not, you know, not going to light the world on fire, like I said, about Project Silence or whatever. But it's really good. It's a great way to reinvigorate this uh, series. And uh, very curious what they do next if they keep doing these uh, side cool, you know, side adventure things with Jigsaw. Or if they maybe do one that's more about Amanda and, you know, Tobin Bell's in it, but it's more about her. Or if they bring Hoffman back or maybe they bring Carrie Elway's back. That would be interesting. There's a lot of shit they could do there with the way they revealed him at the end of Saw. It's fucking 3D and nothing comes of that. So really dug that. Uh, yeah, so that was my day seven of Fantastic Fest. Things are almost at an end. Uh, I will be back with the last crap of movies in just a bit. This is it, folks. I'm done with the festival, getting ready to head out, still in my room before the flight, before I leave for the flight, I should say, uh, Fantastic Fest is done, I can't believe it, but, uh, final day, really fucking ruled, maybe the, mathematically, maybe the best day of the festival, I don't know, I'm not here to do the math, I'm too tired for that shit, but, I saw three movies, and two, the two of the movies I saw, are my one and two for the festival. What do you know? How fucking crazy is that? That's dope, right? And um, I'm really glad that these last two movies were on this last day. It's a nice way to kind of kick the font, the festival off. Just you know, end it in a great, powerful way, and. Um, one of them was a movie I was definitely trying to see this festival. Um, I wasn't able to see it in the first half because of scheduling conflicts. And also just because ticketing's been a nightmare. I was, you know, probably wouldn't have been able to get into it anyway. But um, I was able to see it in the second half. And uh, the, the other one was one that um, didn't have on my radar until talking to people during the festival. One of my friends, Charlie, was telling me too, like... It was the best movie he saw at the fest. He loved it. It's it's amazing. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to swap it in, slot it in. There you go. Easy enough. It's the 11 o'clock showing on day eight. Should be easy enough. And it was. Got into it. And so the first movie of the day, the 11 o'clock, was Eileen, a movie with Thomas and McKenzie and Anne Hathaway. And um, I really don't want to say much about this movie because... Uh, a lot of the juice is in the slow realization of what the movie is. Um, 
And I'm really trying not to say much, but like there's some, you know, by the time the third act comes around, you have an idea of like, okay, things aren't going to go positively for the characters in this movie, but I just don't know in what way. You think some ways, but you're not exactly sure what. And then when the reveal finally comes, you just go, what the fuck? And it just knocks you into another dimension and it kicks the movie into another fucking gear and you just leave the, the movie just buzzing at how great that fucking movie was. From beginning to end, it ruled um, the way I've been putting it is um, what if Rooney Mara in Carol was a horny little freak and it's set in Boston and you kind of got an idea. It's great. It's funny. It's kind of sexy kind of perverted kind of weird um very human very um it's just one of her kind man um it definitely makes me want to see this guy's prior movie lady Macbeth, uh a big uh you know showcase early showcase for florence Pugh. so i gotta check that out now i know people liked it i see that really really fucking dug this movie um my favorite of the fest i think by far but I shouldn't even say by far because the second movie uh, is really close. Really close. My number two for the fest is really fucking close. But it's not the second movie I saw of the day. The second movie I saw in the two o'clock slot was a movie that was getting some pretty good buzz around the fest. People seemed to be enjoying it. I was like, okay, this sounds cool. I've been wanting to see this, but I got to try to make sure I see it. And I got into it. So that's good. Uh, UFO Sweden, as the title might suggest, it is a Swedish movie. And it's fun. It's very fun and very cute. It's, um, I shouldn't say shockingly well-made, but it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a fucking Swedish movie and it's probably not made with a lot of money, but it looks like a blockbuster picture. Like they know how to use their budget well and not overshoot the moon or whatever and make things that their budget can't handle. They really do work within it well. And, um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I mean, it's a little too long, and the third act definitely kind of just stretches itself out way too long. Stay, it, it overstays its welcome. And, I mean, this is probably just a preference thing, but I'm really starting to get sick of the fucking, this Amblin chasing bullshit where everyone's trying to do Spielberg riffs and... Like, I don't know, man, you know, when Spielberg was riffing on shit with Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom and, you know, Jaws, and he wasn't just straight up fucking copying older movies, like, he wasn't copying Ford or Hawks or any of the old serials, he was making a new thing, but inspired by them, you know, same thing with Carpenter, Carpenter's become another guy, like, everybody keeps just copying, and it's getting old, you know, he wasn't just doing Hawks, he wasn't just doing the same shots, or using the same music, or whatever the fuck, they were doing their own thing, and I'm getting, I'm really just getting sick of, like, oh, the lens flares, and ooh, young kids dealing with the, the aliens, and the fucking staring up into the sky and all shot you know it's just enough's a fuck enough already man <sighs> do something new but you know take my bitchy little whinings aside and it's actually a fun cute little movie it's it's pretty good glad i saw it which leads me to the final movie i saw at the festival i skipped the five o'clock to again kind of garner my strength rest up a bit take a shower and head into the final movie and then go to the closing night party um 
had to end it on a Korean movie, and it's a, from a great filmmaker, Kim Ji Woon. Uh, he did Age of Shadows. He did uh, um, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Great movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Love Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Love Age of Shadows, too. But Love Good, The Bad, and The Weird. And I think the best thing he's done, I still have blind spots, but of what he's done. Um, oh, he also did The Last Stand, Arnold movie. Under, underrated movie. Very fun. Um, but of the movies I've seen, he's done. I saw The Devil's the best. Um, but this might be a close number two. Maybe number three. I, I, I need to give like, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird every watch. Um, his new movie, Cobweb. Uh, it is a movie, it seems to be a very personal movie. Um, I don't think he's necessarily portraying himself in the movie, but I think he's working through some feelings about working in the, in the movie industry. Uh, it's set in 1970 South Korea about a filmmaker trying to make it, trying to finish his new movie. And he's desperately believes he needs two days of reshoots to change the ending, to turn the movie from pretty good to a masterpiece in his words. And what you get is a great kind of comedy about the egotism and, kind of blind narcissism of filmmakers and their egos and actors and their kind of you know insanity and especially and also because it's south korea 1970 censorship being you know if you make a movie that the censors don't like they might arrest you and fucking kill you um so you got all that and you got this main guy um your main your director played by song kang ho the great fucking song kang ho as he's making this movie and you as he's wrangling with the worries of am i a great director that's being hampered by the system or am i just a hack that's kind of doing the all he can do and he needs to just uh suck it up and deal with the hand he's been dealt um great movie we see we keep seeing clips of the the stuff he's shooting and it feels it's so it's pretty good um a replica of 70s Korean cinema, I feel, and um, just the way it reveals what he's going through as a character, uh, as that's slowly getting revealed throughout the movie, I think is pretty genius. I love the movie, thought it was great, a uh, great movie to end the fest on, and yeah, guys, that's that's it. 2023 Fantastic Fest is in the bag, I can't believe it. Part of me said it's over, but a part of me is also thankful. I just want to be home in my bed with my crazy fucking dog and just relax and not put my body through hell, you know, as much hell as I did. You, know, I'm still going to put it through hell because I'm a fucking moron, but it's over. If you enjoyed this, I'm very happy for you. If not, truly don't care. You clicked on it. That's your mistake. Um... A lot of good movies in this fest. I uh, definitely think you guys should uh, make a little list and uh, jot some things down. Uh, the Creator and Sorex are in theaters by the time you see this. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe even on streaming, depending on when this comes out. I don't know. I'm not handling the after stuff, the post-production stuff. So if you enjoyed it, great. If not, oh well. Uh, we'll see you guys soon enough. Uh, we'll, I don't know if the... Registry Picks episode will be the next thing after this, or if we do something else beforehand, but we'll see you guys soon enough, and uh, Fantastic Fest, it's done. Do Hopefully I'll be doing another one of these in 2024, but we'll get to that point soon enough. And that was Tom's recording from Fantastic Fest, and the last anyone heard from him. 
you know, emotional truth-wise and all that. We thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in season four, even if, obviously, Tom isn't there. Because, again, he has definitely gone missing, and that's definitely a very real thing. Completely unrelated to the fact that we're releasing this on Halloween. Thank you, guys, and have a happy and safe Halloween. Oh, you thought I was gone? <laughs> you can't escape. Get rid of me that quick, motherfucker. I ain't going nowhere.